Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Was your childhood warm and fuzzy, or were you one of the less fortunate, where the truths and reality of life hit you hard at a young age? The ongoing debate of nature versus nurture will be one of the many fascinating topics today. My guests will be speaking straight from the heart. Joan and Jane do not hold back on their personal opinions, as well as their recommendations based on their life experiences, criminal records, and big hearts. Both of my guests were nurses and now spend a majority of their time helping others based on their experience as identical twins, whose mother was also an identical twin. Wowza, (laughs) is all I have to say. Joan and Jane, the therapy twins, welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. Where to begin? You're raised in the Northeast, correct? Connecticut, I believe? Yes, born, raised, bred, whatever you want to say. I I indoctrinated (laughs) into into Connecticut, and I uh, ventured out to Massachusetts briefly, and... uh, Mixed feelings. Yeah. Okay. So how about if we start off with Joan? We're going to, so my listeners can get a sense of your voice and who you are so we can kind of keep track because it's only audio. It's not video. So Joan, who's older, first of all? Oh, Jane. This is Joan. So then Jane should go first. No. Jane is two minutes older. No. One of the reasons um, we insist on being called, referred to as Joan and Jane is because it's been Jane and Joan for way too long. And um, I used it to my advantage. This is Jane speaking. This This is is Jane speaking. So yeah, she did. I I used it to my advantage. And so I'd rather not go first today. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Joan. Yeah, because, hi there. Uh, Did you have a question for me? Well, um, you're the younger (laughs) twin. Has that been a thorn in your side? (laughs) Yes, I want to say that I wish some listeners read this because I can't find the article. In France, the younger, the one that comes out second, they view as the older twin, and I do not recall how or why, but in that same article, I believe it said, something so provocative. And now that we're talking about mothers, it, it's really provocative. With, I, with twins, we touched ourselves before we touched our mother. And that's so, so when, when a twin says, oh my God, I can lose anyone in my life, but I can't lose you. I know what they mean. And our aunt said that when our mom was pat, when, when she was dying, our aunt said, twin, I cannot lose your mother. And she did. Mm. Oh, I just brought that conversation. Wow. Down. You know what I say, Joan? Get, I'd say get your head out of the porn aisle because <laughs> the, we could have been holding hands as touching each other. Yeah, I wasn't. Before we were, that's what I thought of. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't find that provocative then. Definitely no, the shouldn't have been provocative. Is, the provocative <laughs> part is, is Lori, our older sister, had a much more harder time, I believe, in my opinion, when our mother and father passed away. Because I still had Jane. I, I still had her. So and and Lori is three years older than you? Yes. Yes. And Lori is our second mama. Yes. And is she still with us? Lori is. She is. Oh, fantastic. So, very okay. Strong. So, wow, very strong. So, she had three years to your parents. 
before you two arrived and consumed all the attention. She reminds us of that. We cannot forget she had three extra years of mommy loving her. Boom. (laughs) Which is great. That's fantastic, right? I mean, you didn't ask to be born a twin, or or did you guys before you were... Oh, you never know. Can you imagine? If you believe in past lives, I think maybe. Children pick their parents. Yes, we believe that. Yeah. Your mom was also a twin. Yes. My niece had twins, and it was so overwhelming. Having one baby is hard enough an adjustment, but having twins is its a completely different experience. Your mom was an identical twin. How did she do when she had literally three children to watch all at once? I think growing up, she's, uh, poor Jane, She, my mom was the younger twin, and I felt that anytime I went to my mother with any problem, issue, question about Jane or being a twin, I felt she gave me the most terrific answers. And, you know, Jane was the older twin. So I had, um, this is Jane, I had this aha moment. And it, I don't know why I've always known I'm the older twin. And I've always known my aunt was the older twin. But I never connected those dots. I think until either our mother almost passed or after she passed. And I thought, my goodness, I should have been utilizing my auntie Rita asking the older twin issue questions because Joan, Joan is correct. She got so much comfort from our mother. And although my mother's presence was comforting for me, there were not a lot of words of wisdom. Um, Huh. One was just take it as a compliment, and that's, I think, about the only real advice in words. So she, was she warm and fuzzy advice. physically, embracing? No, absolutely not. Oh. No, no. But we have. We can tell you why she, her mom, unfortunately, at the time, at the time, I think we, we believe it was a big age difference and an arranged mar- marriage among immigrant her parents and her mom left and back in those days because our mother passed what oh she was almost this is in the 40s yeah it was a scandal and her her father kept all five children which i guess was huge because the police were there and they were going to adopt them out separately and that's why she probably loves her father so much but she was she didn't have a mother since age 10 so the warm and fuzzy left you really do have to teach empathy you really do Before we go any further, I was negligent in not asking your mom's first name. Evelyn. Oh, what a beautiful name. One of the twins is named Evelyn. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? And she never really liked it. And and she was as beautiful as that name. Yeah. Yeah. So she, that's what her experience was, right? Mm -hmm. Her mom having abandoned them and her dad raising them. So how much involved was Evelyn's twin sister? What is is your aunt's name? Rita. I know. <laughs> didn't, didn't make sense. You know, ours was, were Jane and Joan. You know, usually the rhymes or something is close. But yeah, Evelyn and Rita. That was funny. Oh, my God. Rita, yeah. R-I-T-A. That's my, one of yes. my sister's names. This is a small <laughs> world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So now we got the cards laid down on the table a little bit. When was she born, your mom? 1931. Did she go to school? Did she work? Uh, they, they went to school um, until sometime after their mom left, um, like we said, because our grandfather wanted to keep his family together. They ended up having to go work at, I think, like 
12, 13, and wherever it was, it was in town where they lived. Um, some nights they had to, they sleep had there. to sleep over some of the nights and it was with, um, you know, nursing home type patients, um, maybe some war veterans. Cause, um, they were frightening. They were frightened as little girls to see a man in a wheelchair. And some of them were blind, uh, someone without legs. So anyway, that was, a, a, that made so she, yeah, she was That's a high, right. uh, your mom worked. They worked her whole life. Yeah, they were both, they never, neither of our parents finished high school because of the times. So, and, yeah. and what state was this in? Where was this? Connecticut. Oh, it was Connecticut. So sh- this is, talk about a, a different reality. As a kid, this is what you're exposed to. So then how did she meet your father? Oh, the skating rink. <laughs> Yes, Evelyn and Rita, I guess, were star roller skaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, not ice skating. It was roller skating. At um, you know, an air right, right around New Haven, Connecticut. That's where they they grew up. And so, anyway, Rita, I believe, was taken, and uh, our dad showed up, and uh, one of the boys said, "Oh, Mike, Mike, you've got to meet this girl. You got to meet their their twins. They're twins." And he says, "I know you're going to like this one." Yes, and I guess it was love at first sight. So yeah, and our father jokes that um, our mother chased him the whole way down the aisle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and how old was she when she got married? older than Rita. Rita was in her teens. And so, cause back then you were older, if you were 21, two, what was mommy? 22. I think she was 23. Okay. They, they were, our, both of our parents were, that was considered old 23, 24. Yeah. You see what great daughters we are. We don't know the exact dates. That's okay. Um, but our father jokes that he never wanted to get married, but he's the one, my goodness, he couldn't live without that lady. And they were just two peas in a pod. And so anyway, they worked and worked and our father joked that um, he married a woman in debt back in <laughs> Oh, right. There was a dress shop. She loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was cute. Was she a seamstress herself at all? Or was she a homemaker? Oh, she tried. She tried because our aunt, um, her twin was an expert seamstress. But our mother, I mean, our mother was like the sound of music. She turned literally drapes into an outfit, culottes it, it, for us. Yeah, we had to wear that to school. <laughs> you know, our aunt made made one of her daughters her wedding gown that, you know, I traveled know. a mile down the road. But yeah. our mom had basic sewing skills that today someone would say, oh, she's a sewer. Yeah. So you, <laughs> what was it like in your household? Like when you were starting elementary school? Mm. very loud and confusing. It was Italian. So, you know, we were all just speaking out at once and running. Oh, we had one bathroom. There were five of us. It was, wow. It was a tough, it was tough in the morning, but at night, I'll tell you, you had dinner at the table. You all talked with each other. Well, the loudest one won. You went downstairs to the whatever room to watch television. And our father used to peel, slice and peel apples and crack nuts out of the actual shell. shell. Mm-hmm. And we used to ha- do that and watch like Lawrence Welk and the, what are those? It was not just Lawrence Welk. That was Sonny and Cher, the Smothers Brothers. It was good. And the Three Stooges, Honeymooners. It was a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. That sounds... Really, yes, really wonderful. Where was your mom in all this? Would she come with you? She'd hang out too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was the five of us. Jane, Joan, yes. Lori, mommy, and, and daddy. And Joan forgot the one of the most important memories yes. is um 
who's going to put the tea water on because dessert was a huge deal for <laughs> our father. You know, we're, we're from the days, at least with our dad, where we ate what he ate, you know, like we, Jane and Jane, oh, oh I am Jane. Joan and I um, didn't try Chinese food until we were in college because our father didn't like it. Right. Ah, so your mom kept Thank him God happy. He didn't like fish, though. I did not like fish. <laughs> and I think, my God, one time we had fish sticks and I I just didn't tolerate that well. And thank goodness he liked spaghetti and meatballs, you know. He used to make fun of her, my, our mom's meal. Every night that 50s <laughs> woman had a meal. And she worked all day at the high school. She was a cafeteria worker, so she washed pots and pans all day, came home, had dinner on that table. And, you know, we didn't have all the money for filet mignon. So one night, our father, we were eating what was called cube steak at the time, I think. And uh, he he just said, she'd say, how is it? You know, she wanted to know from all of us. And he just said, I think that cow ran himself to death. That's because it was such tough meat. Yeah. I think Jane yeah. and I had it in our pocket for the neighborhood dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. Your mom worked at the, was this the elementary school? Captain? Yeah. In, when we were very young, she, they, and they didn't have a lot of babysitters, she had to work four to midnight in a curtain, in a factory that made curtain rods. Yeah. And, um, what a what a uh, lovely group of people she worked with, and one of the best things about our mother is she ne- she didn't have a racist bone in her body. No, uh, and that came. We have to um, say that our grandfather, our papa, did not either. But um, that was when this particular factory hired ex-cons. You know, like nowadays you hear McDonald's or whatever. But there were small places that made agreements to help people to get out of prison, you know? So anyway, she worked in this factory until, um, we were school age, I guess. And then she could, she got a job in the each school, the high school, the high school so that she would be home with us. Yeah. You didn't go to the curtain rod factory with her. Did you? No, no. Our, no dad. our dad was home. So we would have these neighborhood babysitters that it was so interesting. They were much more strict. <laughs> parents than our own parents and we dreaded these babysitters that were just you know four or five years older than us they were a little harsh we thought <laughs> i can only imagine then our dad would have to give us our baths at night and we have wonderful memories of him hurting our toes because he said you have to dry in between because oh, he was in the military <laughs> Yeah, if you don't dry between your toes, you get up, whatever that is, fungus. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's great. So did you taunt and, and destroy the lives of these babysitters, you two? No, no, they actually had a wooden spoon. They raised it to us. Like, you know, our dad spanked and all, but he was always laughing. So you weren't even afraid of him. All the neighborhood kids wished they had our parents. Our mother looked like a doll, literally a, bl- a doll, not a blow up doll. Oh, my God. <laughs> One that you pull the string and then it talks to you because she was so sweet looking. She looked like like a Heidi from Sweden or she, something. She, she looks, looked like this lady from Green Acres. It's an old show. <laughs> uh, her name I either was Zsa Gabor sure. or the other Gabor. Yeah. You're, Zsa you're Zsa. the Gabors. Yeah. That's who she looked like, a Gabor. Yes. So she would yeah. totally get made up. Her hair was styled. Oh, heels. I love. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. I love the day. This is Jane. I was, I think, in um, high school and I wanted to look a little different. Maybe I didn't want to wash my hair and I had the scarf around my head. 
And, um, you know, a lot of girls would look terrific like that. And I'll admit I did not look good in that style. <laughs> and she said, you're not going to go out like that, are you, Jane? And I got offended, but I get it. She was she always made herself look presentable with the lipstick yeah. and everything, right? Lipstick. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The takeaway, your mom was fantastic. Your mom was troubled. Your mom did everything for you first and foremost. She loved her. Did she love herself? I think she sacrificed a lot of herself so that we could have more. I think she was probably, for me, Joan, the best mother I could have. I couldn't even imagine somebody better than she was. Go ahead, Jane. So I'll have to admit, it's Jane here, um, as the other twin, I call it the other twin. Um, I, I was born with the glass half empty and I was a depressed child. Now I'm a grown up, I have a child and I understand that a mother glows when a child glows. And um, Joan glowed. So I grew up with a big chip on my shoulder that my mother preferred Joan. You could see it when Joan walked in the room she got a delightful look. Lori got it once in a great while, and I felt like I never had it. And recently I came to uh, the conclusion that when I got my depression treated and I was bright and airy, I got the look, the smile from my mother, and I am so grateful. But I grew up with a big chip thinking, you know, what's wrong with this woman? And the last time I yelled at her was when she was 80, and it's only because I believed that no 80-year-old, I don't care who that 80-year-old is, I did not believe that, or I wish I said 70, that that person should be yelled at. Not because I thought my mother was a wonderful mother. But I came to realize that she did, the fact that she didn't leave us was good enough, and that's all you need is a good enough mother. And now I get to, and I had a beautiful experience after she passed away. Well, one cute one before she passed away where we said to each other, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you didn't like me, and, and, and that's why we were distant. And she said, oh, no, 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 I thought you didn't like me. That hurt me because I oh. did not. I didn't like her. Anyway, she passed, and I had a, the most beautiful dream of her that I believe happened, and we reconciled, and it was wonderful. So now it's the funniest thing when you view, when you change your perception in life and view something a little bit differently, you'd be amazed at the lovely memories that you could have because now I almost can't remember anything. She was never nasty. And all I can remember is the good. And all I can remember now are some of the comments I didn't look at as nice. Like she, I do now. And she's a, I got to say, she's one of the most beautiful women, woman that she's, she's my idol. And she helped me with parenting and the way she looked at my son. Yeah, that's no need for any forgiveness there. I'm so sorry, though, that you had to experience that as a kid, because that's hard. But I, mm. I get it. Mm -hmm. It's just the miscommunication if we only had the foresight to have these conversations earlier, mom, do you love me? Did you love me? All the years of agony that weren't necessary. But speaking about it now, you can help many, many people save decades of unhappiness because of thinking they were never loved. Yeah. Yes. 
because that just doesn't have to happen anymore, right? Right. And with I, with twins, I think, too, there can be a lot more um, mistakes or misconceptions because sometimes if you're, you know, labeled, you know, the shorter one or the one with, you know, the smarter, the fatter, the pretty or the whatever, I don't think they ever did that, but you, you then start thinking, oh, then I must not be smart because Jane's the smart one. It gets weird with that. But our mother said being an identical twin forces you to be comfortable being seen through a microscope. And they did that. Like we have moles removed. (laughs) I have had moles removed off of my body because I was sick of people saying, oh, can I just see that mole one more? I want to guess which one you are. And, you know, the moles were not that attractive. It wasn't that Marilyn Monroe mole that looked really nice. But speaking of being the fat twin, this is Jane. Uh, Joan um, once asked our mother, and it's, it's only by a few pounds. Joan once asked our mother, how did you know which one was? Oh, yeah. I was always confused. Fed. How would a mother know which twin? <laughs> twin just is her, is you know, her, you yeah. look too, too similar. So her, my whole life, I said, Mom, but how'd you know? And she'd say, oh, oh, Joan, please. Or, oh, your father helped or whatever. So right before she died, she was hilarious. She said, hey, Joan. <laughs> um, she said, come here. I didn't know who was eating. Are you happy now? <laughs> she didn't but have a clue which one of us and, ate. And I popped out from the, the bathroom of the <laughs> hospital room, and I said, clearly it was me. <laughs> so, yeah, that was cute. <laughs> because it really didn't matter, did it? No. That's a technicality, the name. But, boy, the moniker could just get slapped on and have a lifelong negative or positive effect. Yes, So now you're helping others with this wisdom and life experience that you have. You are the therapy twins. Yes, we are. Oh, my God, you're so funny. And do you only provide uh, counseling to twins or do you work with everybody? Oh, no, anybody. Actually, some of our favorite clients spent half their lives in prison um, because we found out through our careers of being therapists as well uh, after nurses that um, I had similar PTSD like somebody who had spent half their life in, in prison, but but Jane seemed to have more of the solitary confinement, like her mom, I think, too, with that type of trauma. And, you know, with mental health today, they're all saying that it's a reaction to trauma, a lot of uh, mental illness. So that was interesting. Can I ask what, question. Joan, your, the PTSD was from... Oh, well, I, I've got to say now we realize I always thought it was my adult trauma of being mugged a little beat in there when I was first mugged, um, sexually assaulted. Um, an airplane almost went down over the Pacific Ocean. Wow, that was a bit scary. And boy, do you become religious right there towards the end. I got to tell people, you really do. You actually start talking to God. But um Jane had more. Um, where were we going with this? Well, where we're going, <laughs> Jane, you just mentioned PTSD and, and, and just brushed over it very quickly. So I just wanted to acknowledge it. Yes. But one of the biggest traumas that we found out, this is Jane talking um, later in our lives, yeah. because why would I act or have symptoms similar to someone who spent time in solitary confinement? I mean, I was in this house, in this bath, one bathroom with everybody. And even if people weren't saying, oh, Jane, this, and it was, I felt, Joan, I mean, where our childhood trauma began, apparently, was in the 60s. We spent 30 days 
in incubators, separate, incubators. separate incubators. Back in the days before, um, it happened in the 70s when they allowed mommy and daddy to do the, the human touch stuff. Um, our mother and father did not get to touch us until we got home after one month in incubators. So it was a, and then to try bonding with someone who didn't have a mother. It was, it was a whole thing. I mean, <laughs> we, and the fact that we're not serial killers, I think is really, Oh you know, yeah. If we, if we were beaten and humiliated, cause oh, yeah. I just looked up Hitler. I can't remember why. And I, and he had, he was short. He had bad feet. He wanted to be an artist and he was humiliated and beaten daily. I, I don't know if it was his father and an uncle or whatever. So I was just looking into that because we make serial killers in this, you know, world, you know, if you look up any serial killer, they had been physically and emotionally traumatized. So, um, that's where I was going even though I have an arrest record. Jane does too. Hers is just under FBI wrap. AR, whatever, <laughs> AR. It's called accelerated rehabilitation. So I suggest for listeners not to use your AR right away because if you get a more serious crime in your life, you do want to have a second chance and that gets some. Um, you shouldn't. We used it when we were 18 and we started stealing, which is another mental health topic when you are unable to express your feelings in some way. A lot of times you just start stealing. Well, you anyway, want, you're calling out away. for something. Well, you're perhaps yes. calling out for, for the red yes. flag, as I refer to it. So I can't remember which one this happened to, but I wanted to ask you about this particular incident. That's okay. Oh. One of you was pregnant and the other felt this morning sickness <laughs> symptoms. Well, you know, this is Jane talking. The funny thing is um, I was pregnant with morning sickness as well. But yes, Joan, I kept going to the grocery store and getting a pregnancy test. Because she didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah. No. And I didn't understand because I had all this morning sickness. So the lady, after the third time, I didn't even know I was going to the same cashier. because so I had my head down. I was embarrassed because remember, we grew up with somebody from the whatever, 30s, 40s, and 50s being you know a virgin until you're married was what our parents expected they had at least hoped for so that was like weird i wasn't married so yeah the lady it was so funny after my third try of it i kept getting more and more expensive tests she said honey they all work and i was devastated when i looked at her anyway i was not pregnant and then jean told me but you do that have all your lives have you you are uh, symbiotic emotionally as well Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's really weird. Um, you know how a bunch of women can work together and after I'm not sure how much time goes by, they start getting their menses in sync. Right. Exactly. Right? Yep. Our hot flashes are so <laughs> in sync that to the point now where Joan might have one and then she'll say, oh, I feel sorry for you. It's a bad one. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> she knows it's just a matter of seconds that I'm going to get it. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, you're very fun. lucky to have each other. And I really, <laughs> I, I can't, you just remind me of my sister so much. And we laugh and we have so much fun together. And I I, I love, I, I'm able to see you during the interview on camera, but uh, my, <laughs> my, my, my listeners will have to find you on YouTube because you're definitely there. Okay. So um, they can, my listeners can find you guys if they just Google Joan and Jane Therapy Twins. Yes, beautiful and then, well, you could leave the Joan and Jane out. I think just therapytwins.com is it. And our handles are all at therapytwins. Yeah, it'd be easy. And arrest records might pop up. <laughs> 
but I think that's part of your educational background. <laughs> Absolutely. <right? laughs> it's under college on your resume. <laughs> yes, the school of Fort Knox, as they used to say. <laughs> wow. You certainly have a, a breadth of uh, experience in all different categories, including the heart. And and I'm so glad we got to talk about your mom. I'm, I, it, it just too. means the world to me and to see how you guys get emotional. And and I'm glad that you are able to, Jane, talk to your mom uh, about your too. relationship. A couple of years earlier would have been great. But you know what? You have that gift now. I absolutely and, do. And that's, <laughs> yeah, and that's wonderful advice for everybody listening. I, it, it's hard to start a conversation like that sometimes, but the mm -hmm. second you open your mouth and you start the conversation, then that the barrier that, oh my God, it's like you're holding your breath your whole life, waiting for I that know, other shoe I to know. drop or something. I know. And, and you know, when you're in it as a depressed, boring vomiting verbal stuff person <laughs> when you're in that gunk it's hard to Sorry. know that all you have to do is push that ego off just a little bit and just come out with your vulnerability and you realize you actually don't fall down and crumble like that wicked witch did with the and the sun is still going to come up the exactly. next morning right exactly. and even if it doesn't come out right it may come out horribly and there may be yelling and screaming but it, it's the beginning of the communication it's Absolutely. better to blurt it out yeah okay ladies i can't wait to do another chat with you down the line okay. somewhere. that would be wonderful all right joan and jane therapy twins i wish you all the best thank you for joining me on should have listened to my mother thank you thank you and listen to your mother <laughs>